okay. great bathroom. Like the shower is fantastic. You know, like whatever. Oh my God. I like hate that this is my life, that this is like what I get excited about now at this age, but it's just so true. Like I just, it's so adult. It's so adult. It is. What the hell? Hey everyone. Welcome to It's Not Me, It's COVID with Courtney Allen. I'm your host, Courtney. This podcast series is going to be all about dating during COVID. Yes, we are in a pandemic and don't know how long this is going to last, but people want that attention, affection, and connection. So why the fuck not make a podcast all about that? Zoom calls, FaceTime dates, texting, dating apps, ghosting, how hard it is to actually date, especially during this time in our lives. And who knows? Maybe some one-on-one socially distanced dates. We're going to talk all about that. So strap in and feel the feels. Hope you like it, because here we go. Hello, here we are. Ninth episode. Holy crap, we're on the ninth episode. Ah, Remember when the first episode just came out? What a good time. Such a good time. I had a very, very funny um, morning a couple days ago. So we got our windows washed and they don't come inside. It's on the outside. And my dog, he is a 76 pound poodle and he is terrified of everything. I, we don't know what happened before we got him. And he is afraid of his own shadow. He is afraid of, um, the rain, the, uh, uh, oh God, I just everything. And he hides under like the smallest little areas. So the window washers came today and he is just losing his shit because he's hearing all the noises. So Teddy decides to hide under the office desk and my room. And uh, (laughs) I was like, huh, I feel you, Teddy. You're showing how I feel all the time. And I, I, I love my dog. I love my dog so much. He is a, like I said, 76 pound poodle. He's a royal poodle. And I, I, I love him. I love dogs. I love dogs so much. Um, this episode is with one of, I, I love this girl. I love this girl, Caitlin Wally. We have been friends for so freaking long. She is my partner in crime. She was my partner in crime all throughout college. And we are talking about her past relationships, her relationship right now with her wonderful boyfriend, what they have gone through during Corona, what she's learned about herself. It's, it's super inspiring to see where she has come and what she's gone through. Cause I've been with her for eight years, eight years now. Holy shit. Eight years. And I'm just, I'm so happy for her and she deserves all the happiness in the world and all the wine. And just, I, I love, I love this woman. I love this woman. So I'm so excited and let's do it. I, I don't straighten my hair. I don't do anything. So I know. when it is straight, it's like a new person. I know. I'm literally like, who, who is this? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? <laughs> so let's get started. Hi, sissy. Hi, sissy. This is Caitlin Wally with me on episode nine. Mm-hmm. Caitlin, tell the world who you are and what you do and all that good shit. <laughs> um, hello. <laughs> it was very formative. That was very like formal. <laughs> yes. Um, my name is Caitlin. I live in Connecticut, Stamford, yes. Connecticut. Uh, I've been here about two years formally 
from New Jersey and born and raised in Pennsylvania. So I'm a tri-state girl yes. now, which is crazy. Um, but I work in wine. I work for a wine supplier. Um, I'm She's the, the best. Resident sommelier for all my girls mm. and guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I've been living in Connecticut for the past two years, like I mentioned, and honestly, like my life has just been totally different. My work brought me here. So it wasn't um, a personal decision to uproot my life in one of the best towns in, in New Jersey, Asbury Park, to come to Connecticut. But um, here we are. Here we are. And we met in college yes we did do you know that um what was it all my memories on facebook like all the way back like when we met once during uh freshman like fresh what is it fresh freshman week orientation orientation week and we met once and then we would like comment on each other's like facebook posts and you would keep saying like finally are you here is it time yet is it time and and i was like oh wow like yeah and I remember meeting you outside the train yes. so vividly. Yes. Um, I was with my group and Jen, your orientation leader. Yes. You were like you were like a like a sage green. I remember that. Mint green. Is that mint what green. I was mint, mint green. green. Yes. Why do I remember these things? That's so insane. Because you love um, me. <laughs> I do love you. Um, and she came up to me and she said, there's this girl in my group and she's here for theater and I think you should meet her. And I was like, yeah, I, I would absolutely love to. And this was me going into sophomore year, obviously, because you were coming into your freshman year. And mm-hmm. I ran up to you and I just remember you being so adorable. And I was thinking, <laughs> like, you were rocking your bun that in that moment when I met you, because it was like, what, like 100,000 degrees outside in yes. the middle of August. And we were all <laughs> sweating. But I just remember the iconic Courtney bun, which, is, which was there at the time. And um, yeah, and then, you know, our I just... I always think about how our friendship has grown because I don't think we were supposed to be friends. Like I think no, that- everyone didn't want us to be friends, right. especially in the theater company. <laughs> like the theater company. they kept wanting us to fight, and I'm like, there's no literally. Like, and it's so funny because like you and I are in every not in every way. That, I don't want to say that, but in so many ways, we're just complete opposites. Like yeah. in the way your voice sounds when you sing versus mine. Like the way we like I don't know, like a lot of things were just different. And but we complement each other very, we, very well. Right. Like we are the yin and the yang to each other and and we became best friends. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> and every time they would try to like pin us against each other or try and you know make it so overly competitive for no freaking reason um you know it just it never worked it actually brought us closer because we ended up you know complimenting each other on stage which was you know just so special and those are yeah. some of the best memories I have from college so I know and next to normal we were Diana and Natalie and then in Guys and Dolls we were Sarah and Adelaide and like it was just so like fucking fun and then <laughs> you remember oh god even you West Side though, like what? we in West Side like that was like, oh the yeah perfect, like showing of literally okay. we are complete yeah complete <laughs> opposite I don't, I'm not I don't want to go into West Side because we shouldn't even have done that show in the first right <laughs> but it's fine do you I, I was it your birthday maybe it wasn't I don't remember but did I get you the chocolates do you remember the chocolates 
when yeah. did I get the chocolates or did we go get the chocolates? You got the chocolates and you brought them to me. And it was, laid- it was one of our nap parties. Yeah, we literally <laughs> laid in my bed and we watched Frozen, right? For the first time yes, together? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And I was, it was freezing outside because our shows were always in the winter. And I yes. just remember the draft from the windows behind my bed being so cold. So we were like tucked together under these blankets, eating chocolate. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it was, it was, obviously it was on my side. And I like get the covers up and there, I thought it was poop. It was just chocolate, but it was all over your sheets. And I was like, oh my God, did chocolate deceive me? Like, did I shit my pants? <laughs> did chocolate deceive me? <laughs> oh my God, that was so funny, Courtney. And like, there were so many moments in like those t- like downtimes that we had together of just like classic one-liners or classic situations that happened that- oh. Or when I got really, really drunk, when I used to drink at the parties. Oh my God, honestly, like again, wonderful (laughs) memories of mine and just so, so funny. Let's talk about your life before meeting your boyfriend right now. Your dating life, you Mm want to get into college dating, you don't have to, just, how was that for you? (laughs) I know how it was, but. (laughs) Oh, you know all about how it was, absolutely. Um, Well, you know, there's really only been, I want to say, three people in my life before Enrico um, that were significant moments in my life um, of, of really truly like putting me into the shoes I am in today of who I am. Um, and, and also like rocking the shit out of my world at times and also mm-hmm. making me, giving me some of the happiest times of my life and also the saddest times of my life. So Truly, it's just, it's, it's been wild, but um, the majority of that, two, two of the three came from college, which is crazy to think about, mm-hmm. um, only four years of your life, but um, what, what can happen and where it can span to after that, obviously, um, it, it goes from, you know, light and airy in college of just, you know, having a great time and not having to deal with any sort of serious real world <laughs> shit. Right, exactly. And then going into the real world and then life just turns into um, a very serious situation and you need to, you know, you find out if that person's really a partner to you or if that person needs to go. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, the, the, the one relationship that I was in for the longest period of time um, started literally right out of the gates my freshman year. Um, of college and um it was so fast so furious like so amazing and i just remember being like i'm marrying this person like total classic iconic you know moments of i can't believe this like you're this is unreal and it was so amazing until it was so awful like Mm -hmm. it just got so unbelievably toxic and there's still times when i like look back and i think to myself how the fuck did I stay in that for so long? And so many people around me were trying to pull me out of that and like trying to get me to like click with it. But again, when you're in college, you know, you have people right down the road. Like you can't just like turn it off and walk away. You know, there's still star six, seven when you block a number. There's, you know, you know where people's classes are, you know, yep. what activities are going to. So it, it was literally toxic. Because you can't get rid of them. No. 
Yeah. And even after the fact, you know, when you, when you come out of this, like out of the four year, your bliss period, sometimes you want to re revert back to that comfort level, even though like as disturbing as that is, cause it was so toxic. Like to you, that was like comforting and, and familiar. And now you're in this whole new world of like, what am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? And, um, and, and if you're living on your own, like you miss like having company. So you kind of revert back and that's exactly what I did. Um, but then there was also, you know, my senior year of like being single and then finding someone else that I never thought would be someone to ever have interest in me. <laughs> um, but it's still to this day, um, one of my most like treasured situations because I learned a lot about myself in mm. that. I learned a lot about, um, my world was really opened up in that experience, in that relationship, in the sense of like music and culture and, um, and, and really just like loving myself for who I was. Um, and I'll, I'll never say a bad word about that situation, even though that was too quite toxic at the end, <laughs> but I'm so thankful for that. All right. Um, and then of course your favorite of them all, ah, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> um, which was my, um, my boyfriend that I dated who was actually my first boyfriend in high school ever first boyfriend ever that I rekindled and ran into in Asbury Park, which is like so freaking crazy to believe to begin with. Like, you know, it was, I just remember that night so clearly to this day as, as many as much as I wish the wine would wash that away, it has not, but, <laughs> but That's a good uh, way. yeah, for sure. But anyway, that relationship was probably the most traumatic to me, um, in the sense of like, that was the first person I ever moved in with. That was the first person that really involved me in their family, um, that I created strong relationships with. And I was also going through, um, a really tough work and work situation that, just created this, um, I think that's when I learned what the word anxiety really meant. And I, yeah. cause, cause like, hi, anxiety, like, welcome. Oh yes. Um, here's the door. Let me open that for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and then that was, that was pretty traumatic in the sense of how that ended. And, um, my life just got flipped upside down. Um, but it also was the actual best thing to ever happen to me. I got a new job. I, you know, got another apartment. I, you know, got in great shape. I like fixed myself completely. Um, thank you, Chris Wally for your assistance in that. <laughs> thank you, Chris Wally. She is one heck of a woman. Yeah, she is. Um, and then of course, you know, when I moved to Connecticut, I was like, okay, like we're going to take our time. We're really just going to like go with the flow. Um, we're, we're going to have fun. We're going to focus on ourselves. We have this new job. We have to dive our, like put all of ourselves into that. You know, I, I hate failing at my job. That's like the worst feeling in the world to me. And then of course, um, I'm here for two months and I'm with my girlfriends out at a bar. Remember those? Mm -hmm. And, um, my friend pointed at this boy playing darts and said, Oh, he's cute over there. And I go, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and I just literally marched right up to him and I said, can, can I play darts with you? And um, now I live with that boy. 
And look at, it's like, I feel like that story of you two meeting is such like a, a TV show situation. Cause you don't hear that. And you had that fucking confidence to just go up. I've, I've seen you through all your relationships. I, I feel like I've been a part of them with you because, uh, <laughs> well, because I can't, Absolutely. you're my sister. You're, you are yeah. my sister and I am there for you. And I, you've grown and I've seen your journey and how much you have grown into yourself and how such a strong, ambitious, confident woman that you are. And you, you went through shit. You went through shit and how <laughs> I, I, it just, it, it amazes me that with all that happening to you, you still had that positivity. Like, how did you, how were you still able to go through and say like, okay, this one, there was a reason why he came into my life. Maybe it was shitty for some reason, but it taught me something. How did you keep going and wanting to date or have fun or just all of that? I guess because, I guess it honestly has so much to do with, like, I don't want this to come off as, like, surface, but, like, you have to love yourself. It's true. You have to love yourself. Because at the end of the day, like, we all know this. We are all we have. Like, that's it. And so, for me, like, these guys just were so good at making me feel like shit. And it got to a point where, like, at the end of it, I would just kind of put that aside and say, okay, but like, what, what did they not give me? Like, here's all the things that they told me is wrong with me. Mm. But what, what are you not giving me on the back end? And I knew that I always gave more than the person I was with. Absolutely. And I just knew like, okay, I'm always going to give all of myself and it's going to hurt a lot of times if it's not the right person to be giving it to. But one day when I'm, when I meet that person and I do give them everything, that's all that I have. And it, and it's going to feel amazing and it's going to work and it's going to stick. It's going to stick. And that's honestly what it was because I, I loved who I was. I loved what I was able to offer to other people from, from, you know, the depth of, my heart. And I just knew, you know, well then fine, if you're not going to appreciate this and love me back, then I know there's somebody else who's going to do the same for me. Um, but you're right. Like you don't meet people at bars anymore. <laughs> you don't, you don't meet bars. Like you don't, you don't meet bars. Well, I mean, we don't really meet bars anymore anyway, because we don't no. go to bars now, but it's true. And now, I mean, what do you think is the difference between Enrico and then your past relationships? Um, well, he is, he's a man. Like he is yes. a man. We talk about this together all the time. There's yeah. such a difference between a boy and a man. And it's no shame to the men. We, you know, you, you can't fault them that their frontal lobe doesn't develop in time. <laughs> like you can't, you know? <laughs> But there is something to be said about someone who is willing to be dedicated to you and someone who's willing to be dedicated to screwing you over yeah. at some point because yeah. some people have that as a game plan and some people have a completely different vision. But I will say Enrico is the most respectable, kind, caring person I've ever 
met dated and and I and I I don't know how I found him <laughs> like I I hate to say that because um you know obviously like the majority of the people who are dating right now are, are struggling so hard so like I don't mean to say that to be like oh look at me look what I found I'm just saying like it is when you find it you will know you will know that it's the right feeling because this person will give you back a hundred percent of what you're also giving mm-hmm. um it'll be equal it'll it'll work but but in like that's I guess that's the biggest difference I see with me and Enrico is the fact that whatever I give he gives the same and then it's you know it's very much an equal partnership between the two of us um and the chef don't don't forget he is a chef he is like oh my god I can't believe the food that he makes you oh me neither I mean I'm just (laughs) so glad that I (laughs) was it like the first was it the first or second time that you went over there and he was cooking you I don't remember what but there was wine and cheese just so much cheese and as soon as you told me that I was like oh yeah he's that's it we're done (laughs) like literally done I actually still have the picture from the night that I went over and I was sitting at the kitchen table and he had the charcuterie board out of his dad's homemade meats and the cheese from Thalia um, mm-hmm. on the table and, and I took a picture and I sent it to you and Megan <laughs> and Kat and my mom and like I was these, like we're done that's it okay <laughs> and I was like got it <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what it. You, what's his um what's the what's your favorite thing that he's made um well he is incredible at any any Italian dish you want to whip up you know he's got it like on the back of his hand if not he calls his brother he calls his mom and like just like refines a few things gets some points in place and then goes ahead and whips it up like it was nothing which is (laughs) Italian um it's just insane it's like it's incredible to me but the best thing he's probably ever made that was outside of like the Italian cuisine that he is master of um would be um the uh beef wellington from Gordon Ramsay recipe it was legitimate perfection um and I just like I remember in that moment when he like took it out of the oven and he cut the first like slice off and looking at it like I fucking can't believe you did this like this is so good like it was insane it was absolutely incredible um so I'm just glad that I have something to bring to the table which is like a fine wine pairing palette and you know can and can that's why there. your Instagram of your wine and food are just like <laughs> spot fucking on every time you post something I'm literally like I want yeah it. I yeah. want it I know and and I it's funny because like people have said like when we come to visit you in Connecticut like we don't want to come out to eat now go out to eat we just want to be in the house and we wanted Rico to cook for us oh but yeah I have to personal plug because everyone assumes it's all in Rico but I it's am, you it's I you am, yes and I am the sous chef and I just want to give a shout out to all the sous chefs out there because they do the the brunt of the work and it's the hard stuff to do and it's all the chopping and the prepping and and then you know the chef takes all the credit so I just really want to you know give a shout out to all of of the sous chefs and say thank you thank you thank (laughs) Thank you you so you guys were having your great life getting to know each other more you know doing your thing coronavirus happened Mm -hmm. what state were you two at at the time when it started yeah so this was um pretty interesting um I remember so I was in an apartment 
um, my one bedroom by myself and my lease was coming up. And this was a pretty pinnacle moment of our relationship. My lease was up um, at the end of February. So like, you know, if you have the timeline on the back of your hand, like we all do, that is um, right before COVID came into the world of, yeah. of our media and, and we all became aware of what this virus was. Uh, by no means the severity, but like definitely what it was. And then um, we were having a conversation in my kitchen and and we were just kind of talking about the apartment. Uh, Connecticut is very, very expensive to live in, especially Stanford. Um, and your apartment so- was gorgeous. Stunning. I do miss it a lot sometimes, like just like the, the pretty pink and gold palace, but you know. But look at your house now. Like you have a house. So. Right, 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 right. Right. Um, and, uh, and I just remember we were in my kitchen and I was just talking about like how I was hating the fact that I was throwing money away, renting, and I wanted to, you know, invest in something and maybe I could look at a townhouse or something. Um, and he just goes, well, what if we moved in together? And I was like, um, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, because mind you, like the last time I lived with someone that was probably like the worst. Yeah my life and that blew up completely in my face and I was left with a lease and having to break that and move out and movers and all that stuff so it was it was a mess and so I kind of had some PTSD about that and I really wanted to make sure that the person I was going to do that with next was it and that was going to be signed sealed delivered and at the time he had not said I love you to me yet um, we had been to Paris together, but we haven't said I love you. But mm-hmm. that just kind of plays into Enrico and and his. Um, uh, I don't want to say he's not emotionally available, but like he just you know he he felt it. He just hadn't said it yet. Right. Um, but regardless. Um, so anyway, so he um, he asked if we you know do you want to move in together? And I was just like, oh boy. Um, and. Uh, that conversation turned into I love you and then that conversation turned into yes and so we were going to give his roommates because mind you this house had four boys living in it like yikes um giving his roommates three months time to like move out and find a new place which is very generous and and made yeah and right off the bat one moved out right off and then a a little bit while later the other one moved out so there was really only one person left and then Enrico um and I go to Rhode Island for the week to work. And I remember sitting in my hotel and Trump gets on the TV and orders, you know, the, uh, declares like a national state of emergency with coronavirus. Right. And we were like, okay. Um, and Rhode Island was actually one of the first states to be hit really hard with yeah. corona. I actually drove past the school where the first case was announced and I got home and my, I was supposed to move home. I was literally going to like go home for a little bit and then like figure out where I was going to go next. And my mom was like, I don't, I can't have you come home yet. Like, you know, this is, it's, it's too much. You know, you've been in Rhode Island, you're in Connecticut, which was also a hot state at the time. And so I literally just moved here and I that was it. left. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so it was pretty fast and it was unexpected. Um, but that's what happened. Like Corona was announced and like immediately, like we just moved in together and all of my stuff was delivered in the basement versus a storage facility. 
And it just happened really fast. Um, and then within, I want to say like two weeks, the last roommate, this was so funny. Like he's a real character and he was just getting all like freaked out about coronavirus. So he literally like, packed his car, packed like golf clubs, a bat, like food and like just said, I'm out of here. I'm going to Florida. Like as if Florida was like the right place. Oh to- God. <laughs> and oh, he like, God. He, like left. he just did. So it was just the two of us. Like there was nothing in the way of like us just being together. Um, and it, and it was, it happened really fast. Wow. I I knew that story, but I really didn't realize how fast it actually went. And then you start, you both started to work from home. No. So I was just at home and Enrico works in New York. Um, So if anyone's not familiar with Stanford, it is literally the last town before New York. Very easy train ride. can get to New York in 10 minutes. Yeah. You can get to the city in an hour on a train. Um, but he drives to New York every day. And he is he was considered essential and still is considered essential for being an engineer. And so he was still going to work every day. I think actually we were reminiscing on this. He only stayed home a total of two days from work from the beginning of all of this. And that's because there was an outbreak at his job and they needed everyone to stay home and and, you know, clear up and then he went right back so how did you feel about that because he went I mean it's New York City in the beginning it's the epicenter of the coronavirus yeah I was terrified I was absolutely terrified for him I mean like in coming home to me and I you know at that time we didn't know how people were going to react but we also knew that like only elderly people were supposed to be getting it I mean like that was you know the right very, very beginning right um but to me, I, that we weren't saying no to seeing each other as a family. So for me, I was like, well, I guess I can't, like, I gotta be careful around my dad, my mom and my grandparents and everything. And that just completely pulled the plug. Like once my mom knew that he was going back to work full time, right. um, you know, so that was, that was really scary for me to like say goodbye to him every morning and be like, all right, like, you know, here's your hand sanitizer, you know? Um, I remember they were really trying to figure out the mask situation at his job. So like my mom who works in healthcare was like sending him links of people she knew. So it was just like a lot of, of these scary conversations being had. And um, yeah, it was, it was wild. That's, uh, it's like, it's so interesting because people are saying now that the second wave is coming back, which I mean, cases are getting higher. And I really wonder because we've been, not in a chill like state with the virus, but kind of sort of like things are opening up again. And I wonder if when the second phase happens and it gets higher, like what, how, how is your mom going to think? Like, well, cause you yeah. have been seeing your, your family, which is so wonderful. Yeah. And it's been, it's been interesting too, cause it's so not the same, like even with my grandparents, you know, we're all taking the right precautions. Yes. My mom works in, um, in marketing, but for a healthcare facility. So she gets tested regularly. Um, my, I, I, Enrico doesn't get tested, but he gets his temperature taken. Like she gets her temperature taken. I've been home the whole time. Right. So really it's my, like, I love you, Mike, but it's my 22 year old brother who is like the most concerning to me. Cause he's, you know, just graduated from college and right. still, you know, trying to 
to go out, um, not go out, go out, but like go out and like see friends because also just to figure his know, shit out because exactly like having to, having to work, figure out interviews, like things like that for full-time placements and everything. So yeah, I mean, we're fortunate that we've been able to see each other, but there have been other things that have come up this year that have made that incredibly challenging, um, that have added like an additional layer of stress to COVID within my family, just making sure everything stays healthy. So, right. What, what have you learned about your relationship during this time? Well, I'll say in the beginning of the relationship, like as we were living together, my, my job, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this is, I don't want to call it my life, but it provides a very large amount of, um, affirmation and self appreciate, I don't want to say self-appreciation, I guess maybe kind of, um, in my day to day, Mm -hmm. I work in, I work in sales, although I'm on the supplier side. So winning is huge to me. You know, we used to get the applause. Well, I mean, you still do the (laughs) show. So, you know, that my life as a performer was always fulfilled in that, that hole in my chest with the performances and like feeling that, that love from the audience. I'm getting somewhere with this, I swear. So now being in sales, that hole is fulfilled with those wins. Mm -hmm. So when COVID hit and everything was shut down, especially in Connecticut, um, being so close to New York, very sensitive area. No, no work with with sales reps, no going to stores, no in-person meetings. Everything's at home. Um, my distributors were just trying to stay alive in the beginning. So like, you know, not a lot of communication with them. I can't implement fun marketing ideas or programs because again, they're just trying to survive and get cases out the door. Um, bars and restaurants are shut down. So like I had no fulfillment in my everyday and I felt like a failure a lot. It was really hard in the beginning. I just felt like, and I still do a lot of times feeling like shit. Like I just am like, you know, am I doing enough? Like, because we were in the Northeast, we were the exclusion of the rest of the country. Everyone else was kind of just running around doing whatever they wanted. So yeah. A lot of our counterparts at my company were still able to go into stores and sell and create these amazing displays. And in the Northeast, we were like twiddling our thumbs, like, yeah, I can't wait for the opportunity to do that again. But right now we're, we're in a bad place. Right. So what ended up happening in the relationship was, you know, obviously, like I said, he's going to work. He gets to go do his, his nine to five, actually like seven to four thirty. <laughs> but, you know, he goes, I stay. I'm alone. I'm in a new house. Yeah. It's not my house yet. I haven't, there's nothing new about me or my personality in this home. Right. Um, my things are in boxes and I have no fulfillment from my job. So I had to figure out quickly, like, all right, what am I going to do to like, feel good about myself? And I immediately turned to like home renovation. <laughs> But as fun as that was, what was happening was like, I was like a puppy at the door every day when he would come home. I'd be like, hi, oh my God, how was your day? Tell me all about it. Like, um, I want to show you this thing that I got from HomeGoods and, or yeah. not HomeGoods, it was closed. Like, well, they ordered online from Wayfair, <laughs> you know, like, look at this. And he would just be like, awesome. Yeah, that looks great. And I was 
constantly searching from him for that affirmation, that fulfillment. Oh my God, great job. You did it. Way to go. And as much as that makes me sound like, you know, a millennial that needs a pat on the back and a second, you know, place trophy, it's, it's, it's not like, it's really not. It was just that void that I got from my everyday life that was gone that I now was trying to rely on my relationship for, which doesn't work because we all know you can't find your fulfillment of happiness within your relationship. You have to be happy outside of that in order to be happy within it. And that was really hard, like really, really hard in the beginning Mm -hmm. because they said, you know, Easter, we'll be back. And (laughs) look where we are now. Going. Yeah. And it, it was really hard. So, you know, I had to like, forgive him for not for first of all not doing anything like he's not doing anything wrong he's just coming home from his day at work and you know I'm just like running around like trying to I basically was like turning myself into Betty Homemaker and there's nothing wrong with that like I you know like I I admire the shit out of stay-at-home moms who have to take care of the kids and the house it is a full-time job yeah job yeah and I was taking that on 100% laundry, cooking, you know, cleaning, everything, um, you know, being the the soldier to go to the grocery store and like, you know, wear the mask and, and, and the gloves. And, and I just took that on full force because I was like, what else am I going to do? I have to find fulfillment in something. Um, and like, there was work to be done for my job, but it was by no means at the same level that it was before. Um, so like, you know, I was kind of having like this internal struggle that he like had no idea was happening. Like, you know what I mean? Like he was totally like living life, like, whoop to do to do. Oh, thanks. Right. They were doing my laundry, babe. Like so nice of you. And I'm inside like freaking out. Right. Um, which kind of came to like a head when I finally was like, I need you to understand where I'm at right now. Because I was blaming the relationship on why I wasn't feeling fulfilled, which is so stupid. Um, because that's not that's so not it. Like that was not what was happening. My relationship was amazing, but I was like finding these flaws that weren't actually there because I was searching for that affirmation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I feel like everyone is trying to do that or need that affirmation right now. I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from in a way, like I'm at a fucking standstill and no matter what I do in my business, cause theater's not happening. Yeah. And even the one thing of like, I worked out today. I, I live with my parents. So I'm like, hey, right. I look, I worked out. I'm like, okay, yes. good for you. Like, whatever. Like, that's great, but I don't have that fulfillment either. Right. And there's so much that comes with those little wins that to you mean the world because right. you know what it took to, to get you to do that and fulfill that, you know, task or whatever it was, or that hour at the gym, whatever, 20 minutes on the treadmill, who cares? Yeah. But you know what that took. So when other people don't acknowledge that, you know, this was a big deal for me, um, it, it's a little soul crushing sometimes. I know. I totally get it. I also think when it comes to mental health, like especially right now, a lot, even before, I feel like a lot of people, it's very hard for them to come out and say like, mentally, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not good emotionally. I'm not good mentally, especially during a time like this. Yeah. I think it's just even, it's even harder. And the fact that you even came out to him and was like, 
I'm not doing okay. And he (laughs) took it the way that he, he understood and wanted to understand and be there for you. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. That's really big in a relationship and no judgment. Right. Zero judgment. If anything, it was all empathy, um, for not being able to like help me. Yeah. And just being like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I thought that this was kind of something you were enjoying doing. And I would say, yeah, I actually really do like doing this stuff, but it's not filling that hole for me. And I'm, and, and, and I kind of need you to understand where I'm at because you get to, you get to do you every day. And I'm trying to find out ways to do me. Um, Right. And, uh, and I will say that that's probably another one of those things that back to your question in the beginning of like, how did, how does this differ from your previous relationships? When I dated that one guy that (laughs) walked out in the middle of the night from an apartment that we shared Mm -hmm. when, when shit was getting rough for me and I just needed someone to, to hear me out, to understand it was non-existent. Right. um, and, and that is so hard for someone who struggles with anxiety, depression, any sort of mental illness, or just literally stress, any stress that you might yeah. have. You should be able to come home any day and look at your partner and be like, I had a really hard day, or I'm feeling really off today. And they should be able to be like, oh my God, tell me about that. Like, what happened? What's going on? You seem, you seem great, but what's going on? Mm-hmm. Because we're really good at that, right? We're really good at like- We're really good at acting. Yeah, <laughs> shit. <laughs> right? Like, we're very good at playing a part. Yes, exactly. And so I just, yeah, I just want to reiterate, like, you know, never ever settle for someone who's not going to take the time to to listen to you and hear you and- whether it's because you chipped your nail and you just got your nails done and you're really pissed about it, or you feel like your world is crumbling around you, you should be able to talk about whatever you need to in, in a relationship. I love that. I, I mean, it also is true when you get your nails done and then it chips right away. Oh, that's the fucking worst thing. This is why. Oh no. <laughs> I let him cook. One of us ate definitely a part of my, my gel <laughs> nail polish the other night because the, the knife like chipped right off of it. And I was like, you well, still look good though. Thank you. <laughs> Didn't take the time to go through the onions and figure out where it was. So oh, God. no, it's fine. <laughs> after, you, after you had that conversation, what changed? Like how, how did you find your fulfillment? Um, I think I just had to constantly be working on myself. So whether that was, um, I don't like the way that sounded. What I meant was I needed to find other outlets in order to help my, my brain. Like that's really all I mean by that. And totally. And a lot of times, you know, that is self-care. It is, you know, figuring that out, but I, I'm not a lay down with the face mask kind of girl. I'm like a constantly need to be moving, doing something. To oh, I know. That- <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> you do. Um, (laughs) um, so I, when the gym opened back up, I was in there five days a week. It didn't matter what time of the day I was going. Um, I had to get there at some point if it was to run on the treadmill for 20 minutes and do some arms and go home, or if it was to do a bar class, 
Um, you know, or at the end of the day, when I, like before Enrico got home, you know, go head over and, and do a workout class or something. I had to do it. And, and everything changed. Like my mind felt better. My, my body felt better. Um, my, my energy levels felt better. You know, I just, it's so amazing what exercise does. We all know this. Oh, I know. Yes. The endorphins are real. Mm but for him, like, I think that it really allowed us to be acknowledged, like it allowed him to kind of see, I'm, I'm probably his most serious relationship. He is by far my most serious relationship. So things are different. It's not like a fling, like this is, this is for real. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that it allowed him to like acknowledge um, when there's another person in the situation, it's no longer your world. It's you, it's your world together Mm -hmm. um and 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 he has been you know incredible like he he really has taken the time to try and learn how to be a better listener for me or or actionable things he can do to make me feel better um and and that again i'll say it again like that's what it should be like and i never I could like cry, but like, I never had that. Like no one ever wanted to take the time to like take care of me and make me feel okay. So the fact that like he was able to be like, I don't want you to feel this way. You know, those words came out of his mouth. I don't want you to feel this way. What can I do? That's what everyone should be looking for. You know, that's really, and that's how I know, you know, and like, I would be a, I would be an idiot to like screw that up or to, to nitpick in the relationship because anyone who can look at you and say, I want to make you feel better is, you know, that's the modern day Prince Charming, you know? God, that gave me chills. <laughs> uh, it's so interesting how just like communication, I think I've said this in every single one of my episodes, how communication is the key to any relationship, either when it's a friend or a partner, just communication mm-hmm. and actually listening, it's, it, it makes or breaks anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that we say it so much, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's not implemented. And I would like challenge people, like if you're feeling like you're losing that, that part of your relationship or like you feel like there's not open dialogue, put your phones away before bed, turn and talk to each other. Like there's nights and I hope he doesn't get mad at me for saying this, but (laughs) I, I'm fascinated with him, his growing up and, and who he was before he came to the United States and Connecticut. And I, and I know their stories that are incredible and romantic of just his everyday life. Like when he talks about, you know, Sundays and Saturdays at his grandma's and, and the traditions they had, I could sit and listen to that for hours. So there's literally times at night if he's like on his phone and I'm on my phone and like, you know, there's nothing on the TV. I'll just like turn and be like, can you tell me a story? And like, he's like, what? <laughs> like, what? like a, like a fairy, like what? <laughs> no, like tell me a story. Like tell me a story of like a memory you have, even if it's like high school, you know, cause we were all so different in high school. Um, tell me about that time of your life because there's so much 
I want to know, like, you know, and I, and I never want to stop learning about him and, and me. And even if it's not like constructive, like, you know what I mean? Like, tell me a stupid story. Isn't necessarily like, okay, so how are we going to look into the future of our relationship? You know, that's not, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like so serious all the time. Sometimes just opening a dialogue and like chatting is, you know, nice. Because yeah, you know, I love that. that. Right. Yeah. Oh. I never that. So. I love that. I was okay. I was about to ask, do you have any recommendations for people that are in relationships or want to start in relationships on how to go about being in one during this pandemic or not even the pandemic, just during this fucking time, because it is a time. It is a time. It's like, I don't understand how we're even here. I feel like we really have just gone so far back, but I, I think that what's important to remember is like, although it may feel like everything around us is trying to put us decades back in time to continue to remind yourself that you will always be moving forward you have to continue to move forward in every sense of of that so whether that be like mentally keep moving forward um in your relationships like keep moving forward. Don't get stagnant. Don't get stale. Like try to keep it fresh. And I don't, and you know, whether that's like, you know, going like online to Victoria's Secret or whether that's, you know, buying a new pair of pajamas for yourself at night. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like keep it fresh. Don't stay stagnant. And you know what, if that also means buying a new sweatshirt to sit on the couch with, do it. But I just- buy a new couch. (laughs) Or buy a new couch. Why not? Right, wafer house sales all the time. Yes. But what I what I mean by that is just like in your relationships and when you're searching for a relationship, keep growing in you and make sure your relationships are matching you along the way. Because like I said in the beginning, if you're gonna continue to give a hundred percent to anyone you're with, you need to make sure they're doing the same for you. Um, and that goes for the apps, like mm-hmm. I, I, I did it too. Like I was on the apps like all before Enrico. Um, I think I, I relate so much to the people that you've had on the podcast of talking about those, those moments. And it's just makes you want to run your head through the wall. And mm-hmm. we've talked about this too, in the sense of it's like addicting. It's like yeah. no longer about actually finding someone. It's just like finding that quick moment of affirmation of, Oh yeah, they liked me back. Okay. Let's keep going. Mm-hmm. And my suggestion is like, I guess, you know, making sure you don't even give them the time of day. Like I see a lot of women, amazing women, get these horrendous first open liner messages and feel the need, like men feel the need to like say these things. And I'm like, what on earth? Like screenshot that and send that to their mother. Like that is just absolutely insane to me horrendous like, I can't believe the audacity the shit that i used to get like oh, court oh i know goodness. it's absolutely I'm, disgusting i'm really sorry i'm not, not giving any advice right now i'm just kind of no like, this is advice it's fucking true yeah just like i for me i i genuinely i know it's hard not to because we respect the shit out of ourselves right like don't you ever think that you have the right to say anything like that to me or assume anything like that about me and if you if you're into it though like run with it dive into it love it Mm -hmm. but if that's you put them in their place 
by deleting and moving on. Like I wouldn't even give it the time of day anymore. You know, I just, we're so much better than that. Like Mm. we really are like, we're such, we're so fucking amazing. Like what Mm. we were able to do as women and what we are capable of bringing to the table. I mean, I just, I, my biggest thing is self-respect because I look back at my, my time in relationships and like, granted, I don't have a ring on my finger. Like this shit could blow up any day, but like, and I hope it doesn't, but, (laughs) but you know, I look back and I just think I was like, I wish I just had a little more self-respect in that moment. I wish, I wish I loved myself a little bit more in that moment to, to get up and walk away or, or to not answer the phone or, you know, to, leave leave the apartment when I should have because they were being ridiculously awful and and or hang up the phone you know what I mean and I just that's my biggest piece of advice is like everyone right now if you're if you're on the apps if you're trying to date in person if you're going and meeting in a safe space um you know at lunch or dinner whatever it may be for coffee in the morning my biggest piece of advice advice to you is although the world feels like it's gone so far backwards and we're so stuck where we are, just keep, keep moving forward mentally, keep improving on yourself, um, and make sure that you have not lowered your standards just because the opportunity to be able to meet people or connect with people hasn't been there. Like those standards don't go away just because the world was so still for, and still kind of is for like the past seven months, you know? I fucking love everything that you just said. It, <laughs> I, like I said, I, I have seen you become the woman that you are today. And it's so fucking inspiring to see where you are. And just, I mean, I, I look up to you. I do look up to you. I have ever since I've met you. And the fact that, I mean, I remember the first time I met Enrico, you guys made yeah. the time. You were in New York with his friend. You made the time to get brunch with me and this was the first guy that actually wanted to ask questions about me and like want to get to know me and I was like I was also the first friend that he met so like I was fucking honored (laughs) that's right I was yeah and like I I'm so happy for the both of you and I'm so happy for you and this just it gives hope it gives hope that there are good relationships out there Oh, 1000%. And I would be, I, before I say anything else, I would be remiss if I didn't say how proud I am of you. I mean, we're on your podcast right now. Like that's insanely amazing. Um, But you too, Court. I mean, like, you know, you've come a (laughs) way. I'm so happy to see you in something great. I mean, literally like for, for everyone listening, there was a period of time when I would tell Courtney not to send me pictures of guys because I felt like I every know. time she'd send me a picture I'd be and then like two days later I get a text like he's a fucking douche <laughs> and I'd be like I oh, mean yeah. no yeah. Uh, but they I mean they were all douchebags but well so. or or they did something right. that was like not acceptable and I would be like all right no more sending me pictures until like later down the line and now look <laughs> and now look and I didn't say I remember I was telling you and you're like nope I don't want to know anything I don't want to nope don't do not and tell I me do like, not tell me and I'd say this in the nicest way Courtney and I and I want to hear all about it but like I'm just telling you I don't <clears throat> god <laughs> Jesus sorry please don't die I, was like, I don't know if the universe wants you to tell me and I 
I just, I just wanted, I, you know, we're superstitious people. Like we, we believe in that kind of stuff. So I was yeah. like, wait, don't sell dummies. But like, I mean, truly though, you, you really are. Um, you know, I, I say the same to you. I'm incredibly proud of you. And, and I know the world's been like tough on you and, and, you know, this insanely talented person that I get to call my best friend, you know, thinking of what you've been through in the past couple of months and, and not being able to do what is so incredible that you're able to present to the world, which is singing and dance and acting. And like, you are a dancer, you are a dancer, <laughs> triple threat. Um, but bringing that to people and, and giving that to the world, you know, where you're at now, look at what you've done. You, you started a podcast, a podcast, like talk about a pivot, right? Like figuring, it out. Yeah. figuring it out. And I, I'm so proud of you. I love you. I love you too. Thank you so much for being on this. This is, oh God, I can't, I can't wait for everyone to listen to it. It's like I said, so inspiring and you're just, you're an amazing woman. And I, I mean, I got, I don't even know. And I love your plants. I love your plant in the back. Cause I can see the little green. I can see the little green. I'm like, oh, that, I know that plant looks really good. Looks good right there. Oh yeah. They're all inside cause the winter is here and, and it actually snowed today. Really? Yeah. It's <gasps> snowed today. It's like 80, almost oh my 90 God. here. Don't finish your sentence. <laughs> like, you want, you want to know what's here in fucking California? No, you don't want this. Oh my God. I am so jealous. But... No, no, you don't. Don't be. It's not that good. It's not that good. Tell the world, social media, where to find you, where to see all the perfect food pictures, just everything. Well, um, I am an aspiring sommelier, and as we touched upon before, my amazing um, boyfriend, Enrico, born and raised in Italia um, for the majority of his life, um, we created a, a social media page called Plates and Grapes, Plates and Grapes, yes. um, where we like document um, the food that he makes and the wine we pair it with, and um, uh, it's been really fun so far, and so you can find the both of us there. He's super cute, little, my little Italian man. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm Caitlin Mariah on social media. and um, Mariah. What is that from? Why did I say that? Is it Mariah Carey? Is that in one of our music videos? Mar- no? I'm not really sure, oh, but I well. can tell you right now, my name does not come from Mariah Carey, like many oh. people have asked me over my time. <laughs> And there you go. That was episode nine. I hope you enjoyed our conversation that me and Caitlin had and learned a little something about being in a relationship and what people deserve in a partner. And like I said, I'm just so proud of Caitlin and I love her so much. If you enjoyed this episode or like the episodes in the past, like, subscribe, share on Apple uh, Podcasts and Spotify. It is It's Not Me, It's COVID with Courtney Allen. Instagram, It's Not Me, It's COVID Pod. We have a Facebook page. If you want to follow my Instagram, it's Courtney Randy. Yes, Randy is my middle name with an I. And until next time on It's Not Me, It's COVID, I'll see you later.